Good evening. I recently spoke on learning to embrace the bittersweet, embracing the bitter and sweet elements of life, living in the tension, allowing the beautiful and the broken to coexist, finding peace in troubles and hope in uncertainty. And as we look ahead to Christmas, there is definitely a bittersweet feel to it. Whilst we continue to live in a pandemic with all its risks and restrictions, making plans for Christmas has been far from straightforward, hasn't it? Things can change so quickly and plans have to be made without hoping too much. At this time of year, I'm usually dashing around the shops for a few final surprises, busily wrapping presents and really looking forward to the holidays with the whole family assembled. This year, there's been lots of online shopping, preparing in a not holding things too tightly kind of way and endless conversations with family about how and if it's even possible to gather safely. There is much to look forward to of course, so much joy to behold but there's also a tinge of sadness. This has been quite a year with so many disappointments, separation from loved ones, uncertainty, losses and the list goes on. Again much to be thankful for but it does all feel a bit bittersweet, a bit uncertain and uncomfortable even. Our culture often emphasises ways to feel comfortable during the Christmas period, creating a cosy Christmas atmosphere, the home filled with a sense of warming Christmas spices, the glow of candlelight and a tree bursting with gifts beneath its branches. None of these are bad things, especially given that that's kind of what I've tried to create this evening. None of these are bad things, but I want to take a moment to look at Christmas from a slightly different perspective. Christmas for many of us is usually a favourite time of the year. The season of twinkly lights and festive cheer, of celebration and laughter, of Christmas parties and family traditions, of lovely memories and precious anticipations. Yet for so many, there is another side to Christmas, a dark and bleak side. A time of painful memories, of family struggles and of loneliness. Whether Covid related or Covid aside, Christmas can be a really painful and uncomfortable time for so many. The events surrounding Jesus' birth are often quite sanitised and even romanticised I would say. During the Christmas season we often see arrangements of Mary and Joseph and some shepherds and perhaps a few angels meticulously arranged around the baby Jesus resting peacefully in the manger. The decorative nativity displays often feel more like the ornate frills of the holidays than a personal reminder of the most powerful and extraordinary story of redemption the world has ever known. Let's just recap the story of the first Christmas. So Mary and Joseph had to leave their, their home in Nazareth to register for a Roman census. Mary was pregnant, nine months pregnant, and they traveled 90 miles on foot or maybe on a donkey along unpaved hilly trails confronted by punishing weather conditions and the very real threat of outlaws and predators. They had an astonishing story about angels speaking to them about a miraculous conception and about a coming child who would be called the Son of God. When Mary and Joseph finally arrived in Bethlehem, a messy delivery in a primitive stable was the only option. They were miles from family in an overcrowded place. Soldiers roamed outside, enforcing the government's requirements that everyone who travelled there for the census pay the taxes they owed. A lowlier place of birth and a lowlier set of circumstances could not exist. 
Shepherds arrived after having had an angelic visitation, announcing the birth of the Messiah, the one they'd been waiting for. And sometime later, three travellers, the Magi or wise men, also came to find Jesus, crossing hundreds of miles to see him and to worship him. Jesus' birth had been foretold and his arrival had been eagerly anticipated. The Messiah had come, the, the hope of the world was here. Majesty in the midst of the mundane. Holiness entering the world on the floor of a stable. While the creatures of earth walked unaware, divinity arrived through the womb of a teenager and in the presence of a carpenter. That first Christmas was un undoubtedly an uncomfortable, inconvenient, and even dangerous event. And there's a message in that. It was an untidy, unceremonious arrival for Jesus to say the least, but it was no accident that the events that first Christmas transpired as they did. God planned to redeem a fallen, broken world and then sent his first public announcement to shepherds in the middle of nowhere. The angels told the shepherds that Christ's birth was and is good news of great joy for all people. These unlikely heralds for God's message may have appeared unworthy, but that was exactly the point. The message was not reserved for the perfect, the pious or the powerful. It was first entrusted to the lowly shepherds on a hillside. Even as flawed as some of them undoubtedly were, God loved them deeply. Jesus chose to enter our fallen world in a way that drew attention to the suffering in it. He didn't look away from difficult circumstances, from poverty or conflict. He made no distinction between age, race, gender or class. And when we celebrate his birth this Christmas, we shouldn't look away either. This Christmas may be uncomfortable. It may be that it's always uncomfortable for you, a painful time, one you dread. But the good news is that Jesus really gets it and he can comfort you and bring untold peace and joy in the midst of pain. For others, it may be that the prospect of Christmas this year is uncomfortably different to what you're used to. But I want to encourage us all to elevate our perspective and embrace the opportunity to enter into the realities of Christmas in a new way. Let's not allow our celebrations to turn inward, separating ourselves from the painful experiences of the world around us. That first Christmas was uncomfortable in so many ways, but it was unimaginably beautiful all the same. Hundreds of years before Jesus appeared on the earth, there was expectation and the language of promise around who he might be and what he might do. In the days when the culture was filled with chaos and thick darkness, restlessness and anxiousness, it was spoken by Isaiah in Isaiah 9, verse 2, that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And for those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And later in Isaiah, it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. In these passages, Isaiah was looking forward to the day when the nearness of God would be among the people, when the newness of God would come upon them and when the governance of God would be established. He begins with an honest assessment of what's going on in the nation, in the culture of that time. He speaks of people walking in darkness and in moral darkness, social darkness, cultural darkness. And we see it today too. He could have written that today, 
He doesn't just say the darkness was around them, that would be one thing, but he says that they were walking in darkness. And it's the same for us today. This speaks to the reality of our lives, it resonates with us. For people where the light has gone out in their marriage or in their home, for those who are shut down through silence or exhaustion, for those who carry the burden of relational tensions, the pain of job loss, the, or of drained self-worth. And then hundreds of years later, just as it was prophesied, our Saviour came. A moment in history that changed the course of all that would come after it. The intervention of a new story, the inbreaking of new reality, the coming, the first coming of Christ. The one whose very life and light would drive out the darkness so that the darkness would no longer define us, overwhelm us or confine us. He came for all those unable to find a story beyond their mental illness, beyond the shadow of depression, for those in the grip of grief, for those diminished in their hope and exhausted in their love. He came for all of those, which includes all of us walking in darkness. And he could have left us, left us in the mess that we created. But in his kindness, he stepped into darkness, God embracing us in our weakness, comforting us and restoring us. Not God above us or beyond us, but God among us, right in the midst of our lives, in our weariness, in our anxiousness, in our restlessness, in our hopelessness, in our homelessness. God in all of that, experiencing all of it, living it all, the King with us. He came near to us and we are hardwired for the nearness of God. If you're joining us this evening and you don't know God, you may have just experienced the nearness of God. You may not be able to frame it or fully articulate it. Perhaps you just feel strangely moved and drawn to the words in the songs or the readings or perhaps even what I'm saying now. That's the nearness of God. You may have tried a whole manner of things to palliate and satisfy that longing inside of you for more, for comfort, for something greater, for something deeper. But only God can satisfy our longing for God. Only God can meet our need for God. On that first Christmas, the kindness of God came. Such kindness crossed the horizons of our hearts and hopes. And we find ourselves engulfed in a story beyond the story, story we were living. And that can be your story too, if you choose to invite him in. He didn't just come to drive out the darkness and to draw near to us. He also came to bring newness into our loss and loneliness, immersing us in wondrous healing. And it's even more than that. He came to establish his good governance upon us. His hope is eternal and unshakable. One day he will make all things new and all things right. And as it says in Isaiah, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, and his government and its peace will never end. This is really good news, really good news. This Christmas we celebrate the one who came to us in the most uncomfortable of circumstances in order to bring us the most everlasting comfort and peace the world has ever known. Wherever you find yourself this Christmas, whatever the state of your heart and your hopes, 
just know that Jesus came for you. Merry Christmas. <laughs>